Sin Incorporated has an exciting new offering to make even the most jaded and disaffected youth snap back to reality. Hedonism. That's right. Feel free to pursue your every whim because you feel like it. Morality and ethics are a social construct and therefore not real. So, Syncorporated has revived the age-old practice of hedonism, and we've trademarked it to make sure we don't miss out on any of that sweet, sexy cash. Hedonism by Syncorporated offers packages like unending spaghetti platters for you to pig out on, drugs for when you just don't want to feel anymore, and for when you're feeling a bit randy, why not just fuck that hooker with a knife strap on? Hedonism by Syncorporated. If it feel good, do it. Also available by Syncorporated, paganism. Paganism, the religion that worships your dick. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. That didn't sound good. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. I am your host, Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. And across from me sits... I'm Dr. Bryce Hansen. I have a... You do hold some credentials. What, what's the what's mine? You're, Who holds a? I hold a PhD in spookology. There you go. Yeah, um, you it's guys, been a while. Yeah, it has been a little while. You guys should. We have a great show for you today. You guys should check us out over at our website. That's oh, Jesus. HorrorMovieTalk.com. We lost another patron with that one. I can taste it. That was dinner. That was uh, Szechuan. Uh, really comes back up on you. We're we're recording this one on a Friday night instead of a Saturday morning, yeah. so we are all whole, it's a whole different realm. All jacked out of our very gourds. very low energy. Hi, I'm Mountain Dew Chip. Uh, you check us out at our website horrormovietalk.com. From there, you can find links to all of our social media. And um, you know what? If you guys want to do us a favor, um, you know, I mean, there are plans for some sort of video thing in the future. Not maybe directly in the future, but sometime at some point, you'll want to know about them. So you should check out our YouTube and go over there and subscribe to our YouTube. And man, holy moly, what's been going on with the Facebook group? Yeah, Facebook groups. How to do it, apparently. Uh, we've got a lot of interaction there. A lot of passionate people who are just blah, 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 you know blah, what, blah, what's blah. even more amazing, now that I think of it, of is the people that interacted on the Facebook page. Because the Facebook page, if you go to it, it takes a minute for it to load, like, the actual posts. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little funky. But, so, I mean, it must show up in their feed, but I think that's, like, pretty rare for it to group, show up in their feed. I mean, you guys, if you're listening to us, there is, there's a, we just started a Facebook group, and, like, so many HMT fans are, like, really, I'm surprised at how passionate people are about mm-hmm. the show. That's all I'm trying to say is, we, I think we have the best fans. This is, uh, and then... Uh, big news for today's episode. <laughs> Speaking of the best fans ever, we got... I got to get a sound drop for like a 
um, sucking up to fans noise. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we just reversed some of those drain addict mm. drops and there you got it. <laughs> but speaking of great fans, Bugsy Siegel, the, the, uh, our, our rap, or, you know, resident rap artist fan, uh, has created a, a song for us called HMT and we're going to world premiere it live. Uh, on this pre-recorded episode of Horror Movie Talk. What's up, Dad? That's Bugsy's. And here it is. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Ba-ba, man. Uh, Yeah, that'll be a... It's not the world premiere, because we actually posted it on social media. It's it's the... It's... It's... It's the world premiere. It's the world podcast premiere. Yeah, so we do post new episodes every single Wednesday, so make sure to subscribe and leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to get a hold of us, make sure to call our number and leave us a voicemail. That's at 682-253-4468. Leave us a message. Tell us what you're thinking. If you got any questions for us, if you want us to settle a debate or maybe tell you how big our penises are, and you, then you can be severely underwhelmed. Um and, I'd be uh, really scared if they knew. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's. I don't. Uh, I don't just, there's one only of, one other person in the world that's seen my penis. Yeah, besides me. And yeah, yeah, my wife knows something. I don't know how much. I, got, I, got, I don't know how much. I got it covered I right after about I was a lot born. Of, yeah, I'm like, she's like, "How big is it?" I'm like, "Well, it's I'm like, like the uh, six, six inches." And she's it's like, like wow. the wow. It's like the boys don't cry situation. Where she doesn't know that it's just a dildo that I've been carrying in my pocket the whole time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, so we've got a great show for you today. Um, and today we will be reviewing, co- apparently, a very controversial pick, which I was not aware of. Uh, a classic horror movie no. from <laughs> 1995 by director David Fincher seven. Aliens 3 <laughs> actually not fu- yeah he this is his second uh box office um movie mm-hmm. uh, movie that hit mainstream first uh, successful one yeah first successful movie um so we will start our start out our show by giving a brief review and our score for the movie we score on a scale of one to ten one being terrible boring horrible movie that makes you angry you had to watch it five being a totally average film that hits all the expected marks and ten being so good that it transcends genre boundaries after we give our score we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film later in this episode we will be of course doing hmt whores which is a little bit where we read uh or we don't read anything we play voicemails that you've left us uh if you have called that number that i can't remember uh oh six eight two two five three four four six eight so we will be playing some of those for you and of course um right after the mid mid roll we will be debuting Bugsy's uh, single, HMT, which is a a fucking amazing song about us, about Mm -hmm. our show, and about all the fans and all the memes. So, great show for you guys today. Super excited. So, we rented seven on Amazon. That's where I watched it. Is that where you watched it? No, I still have my DVD. God damn. 
I almost, I mean, if I had given myself more time, um, I would have listened, re-listened to the commentaries because it's back in the day when DVDs were awesome and had like several commentaries and special features on them. Mm. And this one had a commentary by uh, Fincher, uh, Brad Pitt, and Morgan Freeman on one track. Wow. And then another commentary with um, the screenwriter, the producer and someone else i think david fincher is on that one too okay well that's that should give you just a little little taste little taste the only thing i remember from it is that uh they used fluorescent lighting in the movie in the movie that was like their main source of of lighting and yeah it looks like david fincher talked about how it's just really cheap and uh does a pretty good job of giving some uh you know unharsh light and makes it look spooky. Yeah, it does seem to. Um, it, it, you know, Sinister, I think, had some 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 of that going on. Sure. Some of that halogen. Or, yeah, I, I mean, know. it's like very, yeah. 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 Um, so, without any further ado, let's get into the trailer. Do you like what you do for a living? These things you see. wear blinders sometimes most times detective william somerset is looking for a way out you're retiring six more days and you're all the way gone so how long have you lived here too long detective david mills is looking for a way in we'll be spending every waking hour together from now until the time i leave i'll show you who your friends and enemies are look i'm going to homicide five years not here now, they're caught in a game. No fingerprints and no witnesses of any kind. Nope. About the only thing we know about that guy right now is he's totally insane. Where the price of sin is death. There are seven deadly sins. Gluttony. You're going to come take a look at this. Greed. No one touches anything. Sloth, wrath, pride, lust, and envy. Seven. You can expect five more of these. Body was found on Tuesday morning. I hate this city. We're gonna get who did this. This will be the very definition of swift justice. There are two more bodies, two more victims. This guy is methodical, exacting, and worst of all, patient. He's laughing at us. He had a gun. He's two murders away from completing his masterpiece. Let's finish it. Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Paltrow. Have you ever seen anything like this? No. Seven. Seven. It's a super 90s trailer, man. Yes, that is very 90s. Yeah, it's got that. I kind of like it to come back. Yeah, I would too. To be honest. Yeah, it's... it. I mean, everything else has been just ra- coming coming ra- ra- raging on back. Yeah, see, I'd rather give, like, the synopsis or, like, the uh, elevator pitch in, in a voiceover than showing all the scenes. Yeah. 
yeah. that you need to the, see in the movie. The for- new trailer fad is the f- fucking worst fad ever. It's like, let's just show them the whole movie and they'll really want to come see it. Let's show them all the best parts. Show them all the explosions. Let's just, we'll make it great. Let's give away the twist at the end in the trailer. It's like, you, stupid. Anyway. Seven is the darkest buddy cop story you will ever find. It is directed by David Fincher and is one of his best movies, which is saying something because David Fincher is kind of like the Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg of the R rating. If you if you think about it, like his movies are diverse. They cover a wide variety of topics and characters. They're not like you can't really pigeonhole him into a genre, really. But all his movies are pretty much are you know Mm -hmm. it's there's um let's see here there's fight club and um seven and then there's a bunch of other ones (laughs) (laughs) i was waiting on on the edge of my seat because i think you i think it's gone girl you are one of them the worst at remembering movies and like names of directors and stuff uh well um so if i had to try i think gone girl is one gone girl yeah pretty sure social network um, yes social network yeah anything with trent reznor in it yeah the girl with the dragon tattoo yeah oh yes that's Um, right yeah yeah and others and others (laughs) (laughs) um it's the story of detective somerset played by morgan freeman a disillusioned P.I. at the end of his career, and Detective Mills, played by Brad Pitt. Well, he's not a P.I. P.I. would be private investigator. Right. That's what I... I mean, that's he's what I said. Detective. Right. He's a dick. A de- not a private dick, just not a dick. Not a private dick. A public dick. I don't know how all this stuff works. I'm just a, I'm just a baby-faced newbie who has something to prove. Um, right. let's, fi- let's find out what else you're wrong about in there. <laughs> In your synopsis, they uh, what 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 could I what did I start being wrong with with PI? Oh, so just the one thing, uh-huh. yeah, oh, just okay. the one thing. All right, so they arrive on the scene of a grizzly and that, and thinking that this movie is a horror movie, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah, we will get to that. They arrive on the scene of a grisly and totally strange murder of a man who has been tied up and force fed until death. As they find more murder scenes, they begin to realize that there is a pattern emerging. The seven deadly sins. You got lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. In no particular order. We are taken through the lives of these detectives and learn how they cope with the total depravity that they see on a daily basis. We're given a look into the incredibly perverted and seamy underbelly of a big city with huge crime problems. It's The city almost reminds me of Gotham. It's a nameless yeah. city... That's, it's like an amalgam of like Chicago and New York. Chicago, New York, Port, a lot of Portland in there seems like. Well, because it's raining. It's raining and it's, uh, you know, it's full of degenerates. <laughs> just, just really, just really a scary place now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Mills and Somerset end up getting more serial murder than they bargained for. Um, so my review of Seven is that, s- okay, so Seven stars Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Palt- Paltrow, and Kevin Spacey. Whoa. Spoiler. Yeah, it's a 25-year-old movie. Yeah, so actually, I, th- I think as this airs next week, uh, this will be 25 years old exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So uh, might have should have seen it. Although it, it a lot of the people, a lot of the people I talked to had never seen Seven. Lots yeah, of people. which is astounding to me. It astounds me. Seven is like a definitive movie of the nineties. Like, Not it's just like, of the nineties. I feel like it's. I feel like it's a top tier. Oh yeah, blockbuster movie by any standard. Yeah, like this is. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just my generation, or maybe it's just the like my friends that liked movies. But this is like one of the first movies that you kind of turn the corner. You're like, this is important. Yeah, this is an important it's but, film to uh, appreciate. Your jaw hits the floor on this one. Yeah. Every time I watch it, I'm like, it's a fucking well-made movie. Yeah, it's so well. It's so well written. It's so well acted and directed. Like, everything is spot on with this movie. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a perfect movie. The casting, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Kevin Spacey all give career-topping performances in this. Uh, I, I mean, I think, this is the movie that I think of for each of them. When I think of each of them, I go, they were in seven. Um, I mean, it's uh, not for me. No, like, no. It's, this is like, yes, I think of Brad Pitt as this. Yeah, this generation. Yeah. Brad, Brad Pitt. You probably think of Brad Pitt as Fight Club. Yeah, Fight Club. Yeah. Is, is, but like, I think of them as seven, 12 monkeys, Fight Club. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't. I don't like 12 Monkeys. And Thelma and Louise. Okay. Uh, I do not like 12 Monkeys. It's a confusing, twisty-turny movie that it loses me every time. I'm just like, I love it. All right, whatever. Anyway, um, the storytelling in Seven is beyond compare, and the twist is one that will leave you gasping for air. The idea that a human could do these things to others in the name of God is simultaneously vile and extremely true to life. Uh, the story isn't exactly a detective story, even though it involves detectives. It's very formulaic feeling while holding the audience audience's interest through the sheer depravity of the murders and backdrops of, of the movie. Uh, Seven is, at its core, a character study of a young man who wants to be a real detective and his older counterpart who kind of helps guide him through the most insane settings that any city could offer. Uh, I really like what Roger Ebert uh, wrote about this movie, so I'm going to quote him right now. He says, What's being used here is the same sort of approach William Friedkin employed in The Exorcist and Jonathan Demme in The Silence of the Lambs used. Uh, What could become a routine cop movie is elevated by the evocation of dread, mythology, and symbolism. Seven is not really a very deep or profound film, but it provides the convincing illusion of one. Almost all mainstream thrillers seek first to provide entertainment. This one intends to fascinate and appall. That last line, this one tends to, or, um, intends to fascinate and appall. That's what this movie did to me. Upon first viewing, second viewing, it's just appalling. And simul- you just can't look away. Mm-hmm. Because it's so fucked up in the in its approach to yeah the world it creates is very very fucked up. I mean, it feels like this is the first. I don't know. I mean, I I can't do a whole retrospective of all film, but to me, this is 
like the origin of modern dark cinema. Yeah. Like this is very, very much like a, in the vein of, you know, the dark night yeah. and, um, dark movies. Yeah. I think of it's late. I mean, so like, no, I mean, you're right. I think so. This is, it's kind of weird that we're naming movies that start with dark, but yeah, dark night, dark city. Did you ever see that one? Uh, no, that, I saw dark man though. Dark man. Uh, and then also eight millimeter came out in 97. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of eight millimeter as also being like, I, we've mentioned this movie several times and it's just because it's always at the top front of my mind when I think of really super fucked up. Um, yeah. Eight millimeter in, in my mind is, is that movie that I don't feel a lot of people know about. No, I don't think they do. I, I feel like it's like a very unappreciated like masterpiece it's of what it is and not only that like that's that's like um nick cage's like moment in time like the the i feel like the late 90s with adaptation and eight millimeter and like these kind of like strangely unknown but still very Amazing movies. I feel like every moment is Nicolas Cage's moment. That's true. R- Raising Arizona is just... <laughs> I mean, I can't think of any moment in his career where he wasn't just killing it. Well, okay, so there was like a, a moment... Uh, there was a couple moments, a good half decade, maybe more, that after National Treasure that it seems like he just kind of dropped off the pl- face of the planet. Or maybe I just didn't, uh, didn't see his name come up, but... No, I mean, National Treasure is pretty recent. I don't know. My, my, my time frame I mean, is yeah, recent, it's kind of like 2006 or seven, something like that. And then it had like two more. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, go, getting back to seven, Spacey's performance is one uh, only he and very few other actors I can think of could pull off. He is the embodiment of evil, almost the devil in flesh. Uh, the end of this movie could have gone a few different ways, and I think the way it went was, by far, the best version that could have possibly been told. It's shocking and cruel, and the perfect end to one of the most twisted mainstream movies you will ever see. Seven contains some of the darkest subject matter that I can think of, and it has stuck with me since I saw it as a young teen. And like I said, this is sort storytelling at its finest. What do you what do you think about Seven? I think we've, we've said a lot about Seven. Yeah. Seven is... A perfect movie. Yeah. It's one of like, I mean, it's, I don't know if I ever really rank movies in my head, but it's in the top 10 of like, if I were to like pull seven out of the hat and just be like, well, yeah, this is yeah, top 10 material. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think so. Yeah. So obviously this, I'm giving it a perfect score. This is a 10 out of 10 yeah. for me. I'm giving it a one out of 10 because yeah. it's not a horror movie. Oh, okay. You know, that's um that's fair i'll let you do that you can do that no it's it's 10 out for a movie it's 10 out of 10 for a horror movie it's not oh that was deep i don't know man a lot of people a lot of people disagree with yeah so i posted a a poll on our facebook group and i'm actually a little surprised that it won that it was a horror movie a lot of people consider almost double almost double the amount of people i was on the fence it's not doubled. It was like 18 to 30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Go on. You were on the fence. Um, I was on the fence with it because, I mean, I remember it. And what you come away with 
you know, over time is you remember how dark it was and how fucked up the crime scenes were. And it's definitely disturbing in its subject material. Um, and so I was kind of on the fence because I'm like, yeah, I could see how this could be considered a horror movie because there's lots of disturbing stuff. It's It's a serial killer movie, which is, you know... There's lots of serial killer movies that you would definitely say is a horror. Like Henry is definitely a horror, but even even like it's classified as a biography, yeah, like biopic crime pick yeah. or something like that. Well, yeah, but and, I, I don't put a lot of stock in the in the actual like. Oh, Amazon says it's blood. It's like, yeah, well, Amazon says a lot of fucking shit that's wrong, like all over the place. I mean. Well, there's, and and here's the thing, like, I came, I watched it last night, and I came away with, like, yeah, it's not, it's not a horror movie. Wow, I just, I was like, he'll watch this. I In my mind, I was like, he'll watch it and be like, oh, yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen Seven. Yeah, this is a fucking horror movie. No, see, because, so here's. We'll get into this, we'll get into this, I promise we'll get into this. Okay. But, but, to be fair, the poll is 38 people said, yes, it is a horror movie, and 21 people said, no, it's not. So that's almost almost double saying yes. All right. All right so I'm sure you just, texted all your friends and got them to... I didn't. I did not. Well, I mean, it just tells you tells me that we got a lot of wrong people on Facebook. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Strong words from Bryce. So, uh, with that, yeah, 10 out of 10. Um, so, with that, hey, you guys, if you want to reach out to us, again, that number is 682-253-4468. That'll get you through to our voicemail line. And you can leave us a nice message, tell us what you think, blah, 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 blah. If you would like to become a, if you would like to become a patron, that would help support our show. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash talk, or you can go to our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com and click the link at the top of the page there. This has become a patron and that'll get you, depending on what level of patronage you choose to um, support us with, that will get you access to the Bonus, Afterpod. Yeah, bonus content. Bonus content. There's There's been a lot of people on like Twitter, not a lot of people, but a couple couple people coming out of the woodworks and saying we they just discovered us and they're just binging yeah. Horror Movie Talk. And uh, for those that are close to the end of the two-year run of Horror Movie Talk, you know, there's lots of extra content on that Patreon. You know, there's there's more where that came from. Yeah, another year worth of, of podcasts. But you got to dig deep. You got to dig deep. Get, get in that $5 tier, baby. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, check out the Patreon. Uh, got a great community on there. Of super fans, yeah, and uh, and you know if if you choose to uh, get into one of the higher tiers of patronage, you can actually choose. You can um, put your vote in uh, once a month to kind of guide our ship and determine which movie, one movie a month, we will be reviewing. So you can do that over on our Patreon. Also, if you'd like to support the show or just want to rep our our merch you can do so my brand my brand you can do so by going to horrormovietalk.com slash shop we got a bunch of stickers we got t-shirts that are selling out like hotcakes yeah ladies get your ladies t-shirts there you're not uh i need i need people to order two three and four shirts <laughs> a piece people are sleeping on the red too like 
There's, a little bit. I got to tell you, I'm looking in my I'm looking in my stashes, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty pretty even. Yeah, it's I mean, out of even. yeah, I think like yeah, it's weird because it, I look at the stock, and there's several sizes in black that are sold out. Oh yeah, but medium, I don't think, medium went so fast. Yeah, I expected. I was like, I'm a large, you're so right, I was right. like, everybody's a fucking large well, because every, I'm a large. Yeah, everything I read was like, you're gonna sell mostly larges and extra larges. All the larges are still around. And then like, and I was expecting, you know, some big titty bitches, oh. big titty goth bitches. Hell yeah. And, you know, some, you know, healthy, you know, thick men. Thick, ropey (laughs) loads. Men. And uh, turns out, you know, a lot of uh, svelte horror movie fans listen to horror movie talk. Yeah, I'm all right with it, too. We're like that friend that you stand next to in the photos to make you look thin. (laughs) I bet you hated that guy. You, you fucking asshole. Get off of me. Yeah, men, guys didn't really do that. No. I would have been really popular as a girl. Though. Holy I shit. Mean. I, uh, yeah, I, I just don't like people taking pictures of me because I like to hold on to my soul. Other ways you can support the podcast are if you're going to buy anything on Amazon and you, and you are because you're in quarantine, yeah. go to our website, click through the button in the header of the website that says buy on Amazon. Buy anything. After you click that link, and we'll get a little taste. A little, a little taste. And then also, please check out Dustin Goble. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. He designed our kick-ass logo, and I think that's a large part of why we oh, yeah. sold so many shirts. No question. Can you imagine how many shirts we would have sold if it was my <laughs> logo <laughs> that, I, that I clutched together? I mean, I, I'm sure we'd have sold some and we'd have been fucking lucky as shit. <laughs> Just been like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, go go to him on Instagram at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 at D-Gobel-0-0 on Instagram. And uh, thanks so much to everyone that, that supports the show. I mean, Bugsy writing a fucking song for us. Um, I can't believe it. I cannot believe how much support we're getting right now. It's crazy. And I, I, I honest, like from the bottom of my heart, it, it, it's so nice to, f- to feel like, um, we're appreciated and that we're doing something that people enjoy. Um, yeah. that's all I want to do is just make, make people happy. Right. Uh, so, uh, and prove Bryce wrong mm-hmm. uh, on occasion. And just want to say thank you to our newest patron, Tyler N for joining Horror Movie Talk and supporting us, and uh, we love you. You know, I was talking to uh, I was talking to Dustin today. I was also talking to Sino Evil today. She's uh, she's one of our repeat callers, and of course, you all know Dustin. He does our artwork, and I was talking to both of them today um, on the on the phone on the phone with Sino uh, Evil and wow. on the computer with Dustin. And both of them were like, "Got to move to Ohio, man. Got to move to Ohio." I was like, "There's." There's nothing I want more than to move to Ohio. Going to Ohio. I want to move to Ohio because it seems awesome there. Stuff is super cheap. The people are super chill. I like Dustin. I like See No Evil. I just, I think, I think I'd fit in well in Cincinnati or Cleveland. I think I'd do well. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Maybe Horror Movie Talk's got to take this show on the road. How do you feel about that? Nah. No? Okay. 
Pacific Northwest is oh, the Oh, yeah, that's the what best. my wife... That's what my, my wife says, too. So, with that, let's get into... Oh, oh wait, wait! Yeah, spoilers. I love doing that. That's the best. So before we get into spoilers proper, Bryce, I would like to ask you a question. A retraction? Uh, oh, yeah, I do. I do have a retraction. But first, before before we get into any of that, I would like to talk about Bugsy. And, bef- and before that, I would like to talk about who's your favorite rappers? And I know this may be a short list because you're not a big rap fan. I really love Snow. What? You know, he did Informer. <laughs> what? He's just right in my... No, I don't know. You don't have I, any favorite rappers? I think my favorite rap is probably Outkast. Oh, hey. Can't I mean, go wrong there. Yeah. I think they're super great, and I really don't listen to anything else. I don't think I... Honestly, I think I only own, like, a Public Enemy album. Mm. I think I have a... Maybe NWA mm. and an Eminem album. What, what does but NWA was, stand for? Uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, uh, we I, live in Portland, David. I can say whatever I want. It's a free country. Um, I don't want to get shot in the street. Uh, so yeah, I was thinking about it today, and I think I think like the top ones for me are, I mean, obviously Eminem. Mm. He's great. Uh, I love the Beastie Boys. There's something about the Beastie Boys that's super special because they're able to s- finish each other's sentences or like like jump into each other's sentences so fluidly that it's almost as if three people become one person rapping. It's a crazy thing. Pretty sure they plan that ahead. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but you don't see that anywhere else. You don't hear that kind of thing anywhere else. You know, it's especially not like long-standing groups. They're like, Is that just a Beastie Boy? I feel like that's like a style, but I have no backup for that because I know nothing about It's. Hip-hop. I mean, it's definitely a thing that, uh, that people, but the Beastie Boys, that's them that yeah. is their deal and then yeah. also i really like Nicki Nicki minaj i really mm-hmm. do she i i like i like the way i like her flow like mm-hmm. it's very choppy it's like <laughs> you know it's like umpa, 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 boom right i like that whap song she talks about her pussy that's not Nicki minaj yeah it is how do i know that that's not making Nicki minaj and i know nothing about hip-hop it is that's cardi b oh yeah <laughs> I like her too. Yeah, she got that wet ass pussy. Um, so anyway, in a pot. So with that, I would like to premiere um, one of the great upcoming rappers of our time. Oh, we're doing this right now. Yeah, we're doing it right now. This is Bugsy's new hit single, HMT. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? This is fucking. This is hot shit right here. Is it HMT or is it horror movie talk? I feel like it's horror movie talk. Could be horror movie talk. I the the file I have says HMT. I think in all the posts he says horror movie talk. Okay, horror movie talk. Well, it stands for the same. I just want to be correct. Just abbreviating it. We're we're repping Bugsy. (laughs) 
Looking for a podcast? Full of burps and gas, perverted cast, skinny and fat, look no further. Horror movie talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper Chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pop done, gave Bryce flatulence. Drain addict, addict Dave does it. Give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rum. Ten kids, Bryce Hansen. Look at them hot kids, Chris Henson. Masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist. Face huggers, chest bursters, alien. Linda Blair peed on Sigourney Weaver. I know it's true, cause it came from social media. Patrick Bateman can't understand you. Stab you to death for rotten apple reviews. Opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spook allergy, doctor of philosophy. Bad gastritis, knee colostomy. Turn Patreons into human centipede. David Doobie Day, scare no, no expert. A global fucks hard, professional sex expert. After pods, taglines, and porno flicks. American Psycho, them guys pretty sick. Chopper Chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pop done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rumps. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle. Machines tickle bitties. Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, and organs. Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona. Green River Killer, because reasons. Hallway of Poop Monster Kids screaming. Ain't your ordinary dingleberry itinerary. 30 day shutter and jump scares ain't fucking scary. Time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes. Use their white socks to catch their loads. To show them one titty, pretty. Paganism, you should worship. They Teflon dicks. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty ass, stay spooky. Poor man's digress. Bugsy. HMT. Horror movie talk. Hold on, they don't like Halloween. Fuck them. <laughs> that is. Wow. Wow. Bravo. Bravo. Wow. Man. Uh, masterful. <laughs> just, just fucking like. Uh, I don't know if any of you listening, or you, dear listener, that I'm talking into their ear, I don't know if you have ever had someone write a song about you. But it's a it's a very surreal experience. It's surreal, and- especially when they're just talking mostly about how you fart all the time. <laughs> He's like, cut the backing track, gives Bryce flatulence. Thank you. <laughs> it's like okay, and 
see I, I don't think that's fair because david is the one that farts all the time i uh i don't i don't uh i don't hardly ever fart yeah i, I mean out of the times that we've mentioned farting in this studio okay i fart a you. lot yeah. i definitely fart a lot yeah. it's i don't know what it, it's a nerves thing maybe or maybe it's i don't know maybe it's what i eat you don't drink a lot of coffee either I don't know. I can't. Anyway, but the the point is, Bugsy made an amazing song, and I, I'll be honest. I've had the chorus going through my head. Chompa 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 chompa. It's that and like the. Uh, <laughs> there's a TikTok sound uh-huh. that's a. Uh, I'm farting right now. A, oh, oh my god! Wow. I think that I think they heard that. Yeah. Um, it's it's WAP. Except it's someone doing an imitation of Celine Dion doing WAP. Yeah. So she's like, um. WAP. You can't say WAP. WAP? Yeah, you can't say WAP. That's it. This is that's a racial, racial that's slur. A racial slur. <laughs> I think in the song she says WAP and WAP yeah, at well, different times. Well, that's racially insensitive of her. All right. Of, of, uh, of, um, go on TikTok and keep scrolling. Nicki Minaj. You... It's very rude of Nicki Minaj yeah. to do. Yeah, Nicki Minaj is going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> what if Nicki Minaj listens to this show and she's like, and she does one of those, one of those campaigns like Samuel L. Jackson and, uh, <laughs> She's Lawrence not, Fishburne. I'm not Cardi B, and Cardi B wears a shirt that says, I'm not a Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Because they both listen to HMT, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Give Bugsy some love over on his Instagram. That's Bugsy, B-U-G-Z, Siegel, S-I-E-G-E-L. Give him some love. Show him, show him what, what you think about that song, because I really, truly appreciate it. So, yeah, that's going, that's going through my head, the... Uh, chorus chompa 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 it's very very effective and then the other song i, I actually found the an uh-huh. example of it here's uh-huh. here's the tiktok sound that is going through my head at, at all times from the top make it drop that somewhere now get a bucket and a mop that somewhere i'm talking wop 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 that somewhere <laughs> I have no idea what's happening on this episode anymore. (laughs) I don't get it. Uh, Also, we have to mention, it's it's amazing how many horror movie talk memes are stuffed in that song. I can't believe... Stuff from, like, the first year. Like, Hoodie Picasso, I know, I'm pretty sure it's in the intro music, but that's like like one of the very first in-jokes. I think Hoodie Picasso happened... I think Hoodie Picasso happened like this winter, this last winter, like in January, December, I think, right around uh, The Grudge. No, it was like one of our first reviews. No, no, it wasn't. I guarantee you. I promise you. You're misremembering this. All right. Anyway, so uh, first to order business and spoilers, I have to issue a retraction. Edward Leonard from Host, the man from Host who I claimed was fat, uh, just looks like a big fat fatty. He's not actually. He uh, he isn't. Um, yeah, someone called us out on social yeah, media. It's he, like, jo- do your research. At Joe McCorriston on Instagram straightened me out. He showed me some pictures of an incredibly ripped man who was apparently just has a gigantic fat fucking face. 
Um, and he uh, is uh, one of the stars of Host, which is a bad movie out on Shutter right now. Unless you talk to Bryce, in which case it's a good movie. That's how much. Yeah, that's another movie that had a real split. Real big split. Yeah, a lot of people disliked that movie. Mm-hmm. And the people that liked it really liked it. Really liked it. Yeah, it's true. So, back to Seven. Uh, the first, I love this movie because it jumps right into it. It doesn't feel like it wastes any of your time. Um, and the first thing we see is a crime of passion. Uh, a, a dude murdered in a, in a domestic dispute. And, uh, and Morgan Freeman's character, um, Somerset asks the detective, it's kind of a little bit of a character build building moment. And he asked the, the, you know, one of the cops who's there, he's like, did the kids see anything? Mm -hmm. And the, the other text was like, what the fuck is with these ridiculous questions? Like, what does that have to do with anything? And it's like, it sets up that Morgan Freeman has humanity left in him and like cares about cares about what the kids saw did the kids see it and the other guy's just he's he's no humanity left and the other guy kind of represents the whole rest of the city which is really just gone to the dogs it's just totally depraved and, and gross um uh and so i wasn't sure yeah i i got strong chicago vibes from this place obviously yeah, also it's got, it's got like an elevated train yeah that like shakes the mills's apartment mm-hmm. and so that's very chicago-y yeah and then new york is everything else but it's left con- completely ambiguous right yeah um i mean and then they go you know an hour or two away and it's 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 a uh, definitely california a hundred percent the the fresno valley or something mm-hmm. like this yeah um yeah so i kind of I, I enjoy that they leave it ambiguous as to what city it is and then and then we meet we meet brad pitt he comes in and he's you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and uh and uh, and he's, he keeps explaining through the whole start of the movie. He's like, hey, I'm not new to this. I'm, you know, I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Guy. And, uh, and. It's nice, nice seeing Brad Pitt trying. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This is back when he was trying to where he's not like just only exclusively doing roles that make him look cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite. What's your favorite Brad Pitt role? I mean, Fight Club. It's R- got to be Fight Club. Really? Like not nothing is even close. This is close. This is pretty close. Um, I mean, Twelve Monkeys is that's like another thing. <gasps> wow, the wind up in the pitch. Um, Twelve Monkeys like proves that he's actually a really great actor. I, right. I think he did fantastic in yeah, that. Yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of those three movies I'd say is like the definitive Brad Pitt movie for me. I think my absolute favorite Brad Pitt role is um, Burn After Reading. It, that's <laughs> so uh, so great. Where he's just he's just this upbeat like uh, like cardio uh-huh. addict of a. Uh, oh, I love it. I just I love how dopey he can be in that movie. It's, and set against John Malkovich, he just fucking hates his guts and they sit in that car and they have that that argument where he's like i have reasons <laughs> and john malcolm is like shut the fuck up what's the matter with you <laughs> uh i love it so uh so yeah brad pitt's constantly basically trying to prove that you know he's he's legit yeah, it's very much this is uh i mean you mentioned in the beginning 
I didn't realize it until this watching. Like, this is basically a dark and gritty lethal weapon. Yeah. It's, you know, the elderly black cop just... Yeah. I'm a week away from retirement. <laughs> God damn it. He's a week away from retirement. Too old for this shit. Too old for this Too shit. Too old for this city. Yeah. Um, and then it's got, like, the the crazy up-and-coming white kid. Hey. It's like, I, I play by my own rules. <laughs> I'm dictated by emotions. Yeah, it's. We, I tried to watch Mad Max the other... Uh, speaking of... Uh, of What's his name? Gibson. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. I tried to watch Mad Max the other night with Another Carrie. Another fantastic horror movie. With Carrie, and she was like, I can't watch this movie knowing this guy's a gigantic anti-Semite. And I was like, yeah, it kind of ruins it for you, doesn't it? Yeah. Bums me out about Mel Gibson. So we watched Total Recall instead, and it was way better. Yeah. Uh, anyway. The remake or the original? The original. My wife has never seen... My wife! Has never seen... Total Recall. Wow. She's never seen Seven until last night either. Wow. Yeah. I envy her. She grew up pretty sheltered and mostly like black and white musicals is <laughs> like where her oeuvre was. What? What's that word? I'm not even sure if I said it. Okay. Um, so at this point, you know, we get, we get a good taste of the city. It's super dark. It's super gritty. Um, but it's not... It's not visually dark. You can see everything. They make sure that the lighting is good. <laughs> I want to point that out. The lighting in this movie is perfect. Um, <laughs> just because we've had a, a couple of movies recently that have been annoyingly dark. I love that. Um, what's her name? The the lady that left the voicemail. Oh, uh, see no evil. See no evil. Hmm. She <laughs> she also talked about how dark sinister was and and uh you know some of these other movies and dark dark night i think that was her wasn't it yeah i Which think is, so i mean because i think we were talking about you know how how it's literally dark yeah like hard to see yeah and like my mom doesn't like the dark night because it's really dark too, and too hard, hard to, see. to see it and like I just found it ironic because she's literally blind. <laughs> she also found it very dark. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when you're when you're starting to go blind, things get dark anyway. So it's right. like it doesn't you're not helping uh, when you make these movies fucking impossible to see. So, like I said, the first uh, murder in this series that they come upon is gluttony. <laughs> and it's a gigantic fat man who is uh, face down in a plate of spaghetti and uh, mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. And, uh, his eat, his, uh, he's bound. He's, uh, his, I don't know. I can't remember the, the lyrics to eight mile. Oh yeah. Mom's his, spaghetti. his, uh, knees weak. No, knees weak. Arms, arms sweaty, sweaty mom spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So he's bounding it bound by the feet and hands and he's just keeled over. His skin is like almost see-through. It's, it's, uh, you yeah, can see I mean, all the veins. It's very strange. It's really disturbing. And it really, man, sets it up. David Fincher really shows himself as an excellent director in this because there's a, there's so many shots that as I was watching, I'm like, wow, that's an iconic shot. Like, and it's just a half a second, but it's like, man, that looks It sticks awesome. with you. Yeah. You remember that. So like the one shot of the, the, the gluttony victims hands 
like tied together. Right. And it looks like maybe with barbed wire. So it's hard to tell. Yeah. But it seems intense. Right. Because it's digging deep into his skin. Yeah. And um, yeah. And, and they find out that he was force fed to death. Yeah. Which is sounds delightful. To yeah. Me. They find um, <laughs> they find <laughs> they find bruises on the back of his head. Yeah. Cause it was where the guy was pushing the. Push gun to his head. The pistol against his head. And it shows the maturity of um, Somerset because there's no real indication that it was a murder at first glance. And he's, um, I think it was Mills is like, well, what made, who said it was a murder? And he's, and Somerset said, no one. Yeah. Because it's, he can just intuitively tell something ain't right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um. It's very, I don't know, it sets up, it te- this scene is so important because it tees this movie off very well. It captures your, uh, it captures your attention perfectly. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you're just hooked. You're like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Like the super memorable ones. There's like bookends. Yes. For this movie. There's the gluttony. They start out super memorable. Like, that is super memorable. And then the lust is super memorable for me sloth is oh yeah the, sloth. by far the almost maybe the most yeah um it's it's but yeah and then pride and um um boy there's there's only two um, others there's was it vanity what's the what was the the girl that let's took see the pills so um that must have been pride yeah and it's not wrath oh greed it was greed, greed was the uh was the uh defense attorney yeah greed was the least memorable one yes yeah it's i mean i kind of remember it because he makes him cut off a pound of his own fat to balance out the scales of justice mm-hmm. so this guy has to so this lawyer has to decide where where flesh is going to come off of his own body and then cut it off mm-hmm. or and then he ends up dying of of his own wounds but so at this point i will i will invite the 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 discussion so to be clear i asked you oh well i didn't even ask i just said next week we're going to be reviewing seven and you just straight up said okay it's not a horror movie though but you allowed it yeah, What's that? see, I <laughs> I did some quick calculations in my head, mm. and I was like, if this was a year ago, I'd push back, and I'd be like, this is not consistent with the brand of horror movie talk. Uh-huh. It's not a horror movie, it's like, it's far enough outside to where it's like, this is another thing. Mm. It's not these are all movie. These that, are- these are all just like, uh, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. It's just your kind of your right. opinion. And uh, I, I, we've discussed like, because you've wanted to do like more movies outside of horror genre or like stuff on the on the edges. Oh, well, I, I would like to do another podcast about just fucking movies, just regular right, movies. Right, right. And that's that's kind of where it goes. It's like, well, if we're going to do that, it's got to be kind sure. of something separate, either bonus content or yeah, something else. So if it was like a year ago, I would have put up a fight and said, like, no, we shouldn't do that mm. on horror movie talk. 
Um, but then I realized, like, I don't really want to debate David. I just want to. I just want to debate uh, David on the podcast. Deba- debate David on the podcast. And okay, so that's that's. I figured it was probably something like that. Um, so, what is your contention that that Seven is, if not a, a horror movie or or a thriller? Okay, so here's the thing. Huh. Like, oh, define- by the way, by the way, before we even get into this, I'm going to say at the end of this, it's and I think we should do this after every major debate we have. We're going to affirm each, affirm each other. We're going to say nice things about each other to to bring to bring the room back into a a, a positive space. All right, so you're going to have to say some nice stuff about me. All right. Okay. I'm. I just. I need your approval. <laughs> okay. Um. So. The first question is like, what is genre? Right. Like, what what makes up a genre? Oh God. And it's a set of not just tropes, but style and and conventions. Mm. Not just like how the story is told or like elements of it, but really like the overall conventions and intent of mm. the artwork. Okay. And it's always weird to classify anything like music or, or movies because when people are making movies or music, they're not necessarily thinking of like, well, I'm going to make a really great horror movie. Unless they're like making Thanksgiving, in which case it's... Right. <laughs> so they are mostly just going into it. They want to tell a, a story, story yeah. and they choose a, a really, a really or, horrific topic like about, a, with a bunch of horrific stuff. They, and, they choose like a narrative style and choose like their shots and, and like where their focus is going to be put to tell that story. And mm. there's lots of different ways you can tell it. I mean, that's like why, why it's funny when people redo trailers into, you know, they do like, as good as it gets or something and make it into a horror movie trailer. Yeah. What about Bob or something like that? Sure. Cause it's, it's easy. You just like change the music. You focus on a look. Yeah. You, you know, m- add some menace yeah. to something and it really changes the entire intent of the story, you know? And through that lens, this is not a, genre movie in the genre of horror to you um i mean if you were to so this is definitely a genre movie like there's no doubt about it to me that this is definitely falls within a genre but it's not horror it's mystery or crime movie Mm. and even i even put drama pretty high up there too before I get to horror. I mean, really. You wouldn't say this is a psychological thriller? No. See, the thing with, like, the thriller is that there has to be, like, a looming threat to the protagonist or to someone that you can see. Like, everything in the movie is after the fact. Like, they come upon the victim, like... It's the ultimate looming threat at the end. Well, yeah, the very end, sure. Yeah, I mean, but, and I mean, but not only that, all the victims the whole way through. I mean, yeah, but you're not shown the victims beforehand. Sure, like you're, there's no opportunity to have empathy for any of the victims. I mean, not. I, don't like, know, I it, felt it, pretty it, fucking bad for all of them. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's tragic and gross, but like you honestly, it intentionally doesn't tell you anything about the victims other than 
the bad things that they did or the bad aspects of their personality that were the reason why John Doe picked them. So anyways, like, like the storytelling in it is very focused on the relationship between Somerset and Mills. Yeah. The thematic material of, of the city being morally bankrupt Mm -hmm. and the mystery of who is committing these murders. Mm -hmm. And really, if you step back, you say, this is a movie about a serial killer with two detectives trying to find him, right? And you can tell that movie as a horror movie, like, or a thriller. Like, there. this isn't, I mean, this is almost not really a thriller to me. Because it's not, there's not a ton of suspense. This is so, uh, so suspenseful to me. This whole movie is suspenseful. Well, and, it's, uh, and it's so, it's so. What's around the, what's around the next bend? You know, it's like, what is the next ordeal they're going to have to deal with? And that's that's where the, where the horror comes in for me. And but I mean, it's not an ordeal I mean, for them. It's their job. That doesn't mean it's not an ordeal. My job's the biggest fucking ordeal in my whole life. (laughs) So anyways, like that's all, that's all I'm saying. If we're, if we're going to talk about what is a genre and does this fall into the intent of being a horror film? Like I really don't think it passes the test for that. But that being said, there are definitely, you know, very strong horror elements and horror aesthetics. Um, there's horrific things in it and it makes you feel bad but that's not enough for it to be a horror to be defined as a horror film for me because if we talk about like the dread or just feeling icky or feeling like horrified it's like well okay well schindler's list is a horror movie then okay well i mean yeah but i mean if you're gonna take if you're gonna take this one off of the the list of horror then you probably should take The Invitation off of the list of horror movies, or The Lighthouse, or Tremors, or Tucker and Dale. No, what are you talking about? Tremors is a monster movie, and there's always a But it's a comedy. It's mostly a comedy. No, it's... it's An action. Lots of action. It's mostly a monster movie. And and Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That's almost exclusively a comedy. There's no horror in it at all, but it's a horror movie like everybody thinks it is. Well, no, because it's using the conventions and tropes of horror movies as part of the storytelling. It's that's why it's funny because it's a horror comedy. Okay, what about the what about the platform or American Psycho or the most the most the best example of one that I that I don't think you can refute is Silence of the Lambs. This is basically Silence of the Lamp. It's not, though. It's not because we are shown the victim of Buffalo Bill, and you have empathy for her, and there is but we're shown. But we're shown the victim of Kevin Spacey, Gwyneth Paltrow. And we have yeah, but you don't know. You don't. And, and that's, the whole, that's the whole point. There's a twist at the ending that's shocking because you would have never suspected yes but at that moment at that moment sure. there is so much bound up in that in that moment if, in the, in if the this movie within. if this movie was the last scene it would be 
one of the most phenomenal horror shorts in the world. But unfortunately, there's like a two hour long movie before that that is definitely a mystery, mystery crime. That involves a girl getting movie. fucked to death with a knife. That involves. See, see, no, it shows the crime scene of that. It doesn't show anything. See, this is another example of just how like it's it's I, and this is what I, I really think it boils down to. It, everything strikes everyone differently to such an extreme degree that it's almost impossible to say anything with certainty ever. It's like the, you want to go into something and say, there's the truth, but it's like, pff, it's not real. Like it's just real for you. And someone else experiences this shit so differently. And so it, it, I, I don't like, I feel horrified every time I watch this movie. And it's not just that I feel horrified. It's that it's it's that it it does all the same things that are, that or all the things that I want a horror movie to do for me, which is it 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 shows me shit that I've never thought of before and that's really fucked up and weird and that like will stick with me in a in a in a horrible way and uh, it, it it shows you all the worst parts of people and I was thinking about this today and. Like, I I want to include so many things in, in this, you know, I, if it were up to me, this, even things like uh, No Country for Old Men, kind of, you know, kind of. Now, obviously, I'm not going to I'm not going to go out on that. I'm, limb. I'm doing like a whole head eye roll. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> I'm not going to go out on that limb. But the the, the, the point I'm trying to make is. I think a lot of people will disagree with you. I mean, obviously, like, I, I'll admit that, I mean, looking at the poll, there's more people that agree with you than me. But, you know, when it comes to, like, um, nomenclature, you know, when it comes to, like, let's decide how to categorize things, you look at, like, you know, the scientific classification of, you know, animals and plants it's like you don't get very far before you get to a point where like well that doesn't really make sense or that doesn't really go together or you know this is we assumed like all these types of animals held to these rules but look at this one it's basically the same thing but it doesn't hold to that one rule and so or if you like i was in a at a company that did um customs like tariff information and so like to classify everything that crosses borders you have to like assign it a number and you have to like group them together in supposedly logical groups and there's a giant like 3000 page yeah. document that literally just lists stuff and numbers associated with them and they get it wrong it's like they say a tomato is a vegetable we're like everyone would agree with that but it's not really it's actually a fruit yeah technically technically yeah and and it is it is but also yeah right eat your vegetable or there <laughs> there was a great case where um mattel i think or uh Sure. Just, know, just one of these Mattel. one of these toy companies was importing X Men 
um, yeah, action figures, this. and they were choosing the the classification for like um what was it it wasn't it wasn't either action figures or dolls or something it was like some certain like non human designation because the uh, the doll designation or like the action figure designation was a higher tax for sure but you can argue that an x-men figure is they're literally not human they're mutants they're mutants yeah they're specifically not they're human. specifically not <laughs> i mean it looks like a biped you know it looks like a human yeah with a funny haircut right but really but it ain't it's it ain't that's wolverine buddy yeah he hey yeah it's like wouldn't okay I'm okay not, i'm well, not gonna go into that. okay well you know that's just like uh your opinion man that's, that's bryce's uh take on you know whether or not this is a horror movie, you guys let us know what you think. I um, I think I think without question this is if it's not if it's not horror, it's got so many horror elements that it at least puts it within the grasp of horror movie talk. And I mean, we're sitting here reviewing it, so it has to be a horror movie, mm-hmm. right? Because it's horror movie talk. So. Join us next week when we uh, review Shirley Temple's. You know. <laughs> Horror movie classic, Bright Eyes. Did you know? I like I like that Arlie Arlie Ermy is in this movie. I like that Arlie Ermy's name is, sounds enough like Army. I know it's it's <laughs> every time I I, I want to think of his name I go Arlie What's Army his name? Army Army something Arlie Army Arlie Early Army Early Army. Yeah, he's 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 great in everything he does. But yeah. the problem with him is. You, you just go, oh, that's Arlie Army. Yeah. That's... The, why is that drill, drill instructor their, their captain? Yeah. He could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. Then, then the greed murder happens. It's, uh, it's the defense attorney, Eli Gould, was murdered. Gould. Gould. <laughs> <laughs> and then Morgan Freeman makes this discovery. He's the, uh, or no, uh, Arlie Ermy comes in and he's like, Hey, here's some fucking plastic. They dug out of fat boy's belly. Hmm. And and he's like, I don't care. And they're like, it was. And then Arlie Army's like, it was fed to him. And, hmm. and then Morgan Freeman's like, what the fuck? Which and, now that I think of it, how would they? Well, I mean, how else would he get a hold of it? Right. Yeah. He was tied up, but maybe he just ate that willingly himself. <laughs> Can you prove that was forcefully fed to him? Maybe he just really liked the taste of linoleum. It's a good point. You make almost as strong a case f- as you did for this being a horror movie. Um, yeah, this this struck a this was a trigger for me. Why? <sighs> what does that mean exactly? So this made you upset somehow? Yes. Oh, okay. You know the water damage that we suffered. <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> How we had our whole kitchen, like, demolished for a good portion of a year. Yeah, it was a long time. It was like six months. Yeah, that linoleum that they put down is already falling apart. Like, literally peeling up. Mm. And so we called the company, and I was like, listen, like, I don't want this to go sour, but I had the worst experience in my life dealing with with 
you guys. And that's saying something because my dad just died. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it was just a nightmare. That was a horror movie. This is what happened to me in this these contractors was it or but was it really more of a it was more mystery of a, it was more slash. of a thriller um so they it was within a year and they're like oh yeah that's under warranty we'll we'll call the subcontractor or whatever and they'll come out and they'll be out in three years look at it and so the guy comes out and uh he basically says like oh yeah the the contractor that did this used my contractor license, but he wasn't me. Oh, well, I guess that fucking sucks for you, buddy. Yeah. Better pony on up. So, or else I guess you're going to lose your contractor license for lending it to some other guy. And so I, so he looked at it and he was like, oh yeah, what happened was. Don't they, care. Don't care. Don't care. Fix it. They laid it down and then he moved, the guy moved my fridge and then gouged it. And so he had to replace like one square and the one square is like right next to the kitchen table where it's all the traffic and all the chairs scooching back and forth. And so, of course, it peels up and the guy in this contractor that came to like look That's at a the, load bearing square at the damage. He's like, oh, yeah, they use like the absolute cheapest material. Like it's the cheapest linoleum laid on like paper, basically. OK. And it's just waiting to get peeled up. And so it's like. Did you start eating it? And originally, they're like, well, we'll just patch it. We'll cut out a piece and put it down. I'm like, well, isn't it just going to do the same thing? Like, what? And yeah, so they're, but it'll get you past that one-year mark, you, you so dumb they're, idiot. They're, uh, they're going to replace the whole floor, which they should because it's a piece of shit. Yeah, fuck those. I don't even want to talk about the counters either because that's, that's like the same thing. Like, mm. I wish I would have chosen my own contractors. Mm. But anyways... And we're paying, like, the difference between, like, the next level up, which chomp probably, probably chomp shouldn't chomp have to do. Anyways, all right. So I was triggered God. by the linoleum. That is a fascinating story. Um, so, yeah. So he gets over there, and he, he pulls the fridge out, and he finds, oh, shit. There's, like, here's where all the pieces of linoleum were scraped off the floor. And behind the fridge, he sees the words gluttony. Whoa. And so this this blew my mind as a teenager as i was watching it and stuck with me forever um now this is a somewhat problematic movie uh because uh brad pitt uses a few words he says the daggett word um he's daggett word yeah the word that rhymes with daggett um dragnet dragnet yeah he says dragnet because they're detectives Mm -hmm. he says that loudly and then he also says the R word. Retarded? Uh, oh, you said the R word. Um, yeah. So um, so trigger warning on that. Um, I like the scene where Somerset heads to the library a lot. Do yeah. you, is that, yeah. does that strike a nerve for you? Um, also like rewinding, there's a, the great scene, because it shows Mills like on his own for like one of the cases. Yeah. And it's the greed one. And you see him like watch the news, and you and he 
it shows <laughs> yeah. him like kind of having flop sweat. He's like, oh, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, because the, the defense attorney or the uh, the the guy the on DA the TV, or yeah, whatever. the DA on the TV is like, I assure everyone that is the it, person working on this, <laughs> that the people working on this case are the absolute cream of the crop. And this will be the most rock solid investigation we've ever so done. And be the Brett, definition it, of swift justice. Brett is like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> And uh, so that's that's a great. And there's lots of char- great character moments. In it's this. a whole character character building movie. It's it's fabulous. Yeah, it's almost like a drama. Um, so yeah, that happens, and then it goes back to Somerset, and he he finds the gluttony thing, and so it matches up with Brad Pitt's crime scene that has the word greed written. Yeah. And so they realize that this is a guy obsessed with the seven sins. Yeah, and and but the but going back to the library scene, Somerset heads there, and it's like nighttime, and it's like there's a bunch of cops, you know, sitting sitting up on this watchtower, sort of like watching over the library, and they're all playing poker. And he says, "I'll never understand you guys. All these books, and and all you do is play poker all night long." You know, you have like all this knowledge, and so it shows his like reverence for knowledge and mm. like and his his and wisdom, his wisdom, and uh, and they put on this beautiful classical music, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know, I always remembered that scene um, as as being kind of like uh, is like holding up intelligence, and mm. it's I always I always sure. liked it a lot. And I like the follow up where it gives the counterpoint of Detective Mills because like. <laughs> Fucking Dante, <laughs> fucking <laughs> rhyming f word, <laughs> f word, and uh, he's he's like pissed off and he doesn't get it, and then like he has someone deliver a bunch of Cliff's notes, yeah, which is yeah. awesome. And he puts the Cliff notes in his desk all secretly. Like, I hope Somerset doesn't see me reading these yeah. Cliff notes. Remember Cliff's notes? Do they still have Cliff's notes? Yeah, it's called the entire internet. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, at this point, um, you know, Somerset gets invited to dinner with Gwyneth and, and Brad and they have they have a, a, a nice dinner. They get to know each other. They learn that, like, basically Brad Pitt's apartment is is either above or below the train. They say subway. So I think it's below. Um, but in any event, their whole apartment's just it's <laughs> like the subway train runs through their hallway. <laughs> I wonder if the, is that a thing? Like uh, it must be, right? Being next to a train. Yeah, I mean yeah. it must be. I There's I, houses next to trains. I've never lived in a big city so I don't I've I've really never experienced that and I have I yeah. have no uh, no knowledge of that but it seems simultaneously very romantic and like the most horrible life you could possibly live. Um and uh so so then we get like a bit of Somerset teaching Brad Pitt about like how fucked up this city is. And and I love this line. He he says he says, you know, the first thing they teach women uh in rape prevention is never to yell rape. Always yell fire because nobody's going to come help you if you if if you yell rape. But you yell fire and people come a running every time. Yeah. And that really does a lot to kind of like put this like put like a weird like right it's it's a fucking nasty horrible place yeah the movie does like goes through real effort to define the characters as somerset is super jaded and um emotionally distant and broken 
you know, yeah. from the experience of living in the city and being a homicide detective. And then it does real, um, goes through real efforts to paint Mills's character as impulsive, like passionate, and like a true believer in justice. Yeah. And um, that, you know, through, you know, just grit and effort, he could solve any case, you know? Yeah. And Somerset's like, man, we just come here, write down times and dates and disc- and uh, document everything and hope that when they catch him, it'll help them, help them send him to prison. That's and, all we can do. But, but. Uh, it's a very off chance that that's going to happen. Right. Like, most of this shit is just checking boxes. So but yeah, there's there's several interchanges that like display that dichotomy, and, and I I didn't appreciate it until this viewing how much they really foreshadow and set up like the the tragedy at the end of the movie. Yeah, which is like it's it is inevitable because it's who Detective Mills is. Right, and he. He, there's a line where he says, um, "Yeah, I feed off my emotion. Like he's he's proud of it that he f- that he's not trying to be emotionless and like um, stoic about everything. It's like he he uses his emotions and right. feeds off them so that he can you know be energized to finish the job or whatever. Yeah, it's admirable because man, I don't." It's hard to finish jobs. I mean, it's hard. Maybe it's just because a lot of the jobs I've I've worked are somewhat mundane mm-hmm. when when compared to solving murder cases. <laughs> you know, it kind of puts things in perspective when it's like, oh, well, somebody died here and you got to pay your respects to them as a public servant by mm-hmm. finding the person who did it and fingering them good. Fingering them real good. Fingering them into the ground until they can't take it anymore. Stop saying fingering. Okay. So then we get to, I would argue, um, the second most disturbing part of this entire movie, which is sloth. Yeah. This one, Aaron jumped at. Oh, It's great. This is one of the best jump scares in all of jump scare history. Yeah. Um, Just like a desiccated corpse well how did now why did the SWAT team get called in was it there was a it wasn't a bomb threat was it because the whole SWAT team got called no in what, what happened was that they they found that the fingerprints on the wall in the greed that's right victims house behind a painting yes and it was the first like fingerprints and so they tracked down the fingerprints to this apartment and it was basically pointing all fingers to this is the killer. Yeah. So they break in there, uh, SWAT team in hand, all in hand, and they get into this room. And it's brilliant how they shoot this because the camera is pointing at the SWAT team, right? So it's so the cameraman is backing up as this SWAT team is coming in the house. Mm-hmm. And he backs through the room where they're going to be. And as as you get to see more and more of the room around you, all you see are all these air fresheners, these pine, little pine mm-hmm. tree air fresheners. I mean, not like 20. We're talking like 2,000 hung at varying heights from the ceiling. And so it's a real spectacle. And you're like, what the fuck is going on in here? 
and as then it pans back to the uh, to the bed where there is basically just a zombie looking desiccated man who I mean his gums are completely pulled back his lips barely cover any part of his mouth yeah it's like a this would be like a five-year-old zombie in like any walking dead episode yeah he's just i mean it's obvious that he's dead and uh and very dead <laughs> and uh so they're they're like jesus christ and and they learn who it is it's a uh a, a pedophile but also a drug dealer um, and so kind of the cops, he's a known pedophile drug dealer. So the cops are like, this guy got what he deserved. Look at this guy. And as they're kind of like, you know, sifting through the room and figuring out one of the, one of the SWAT team members is like looking this guy in the face, like, good Lord, what they, you got exactly what you, and as he does this, like <coughs> the, uh, the body like leaps to life, mm -hmm. starts coughing and it's like. Ah, it just gives me chills thinking about it. Like, this is really one of... This is one of the best scenes in all of movie history to me, just because of how fucking alarming it is. Yeah, it was horrifying. And it sets it up... Sets it up so perfectly. Um, yeah, anybody... Yeah, what was Erin's reaction? This was her first time watching it. I mean, she jumped pretty high. Did she? Yeah. Just like, Jesus! Yeah. You, ne you never would expect it. Yeah. It's... It's brilliant. Um, she reacted much stronger to that than she did the ending. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they're in the stairwell and, and a guy's taking pictures of him and he claims he's the press and, and Brad Pitt chasing him off. He's like, hey, fuck you, guy. Get out of here, guy. Blah, blah, blah. How they find how they find us. How they find us. And, and um, uh, Morgan Freeman says, oh, well, you know, people from the press pay off dudes in the in the police force to you know get get access to you know the the first the first part of this you know get to be the first on the scene um and uh so at this point they use the fbi database um to look at the library card of people who've been checking out all these books like dante's inferno and and all these other books and uh all these other books. marcus de Shade. go on <laughs> i love that little touch because it I don't think um, millennials or or uh, Gen Z will get that joke. I don't get it. Where uh, Detective Mills is there, he's kind of like trying to flex and show that he's he's read you know these books mm. on the Seven Deadly Sins too, and he's like, oh yeah, you know that oh, okay. that quote from uh, Marcus Deschade, and uh, you know, and, and Somerset. Somerset's like Marquise de Sade. <laughs> Because it's spelled S A D E, and there was a very prominent R and B artist um, named Shade. Okay. It was pronounced Shade, but it was spelled S A D E. Wow! Look at you. I thought it was funny. That's pretty good. That's pretty good detective work there, Bryce. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> so uh, they and they trace. They use this FBI database to trace the library card of John Doe, a man who has named himself John Doe. Uh, and you need, you know, you do need valid forms of identification to get a library card. So this is actually, this guy's actual name is John Doe. And so they go to his apartment, knock on his door, and then they see someone walk up the hall on the other side, down the hall. And they're like knocking on the door 
and uh, and Morgan Freeman says, "Oh, excuse me, sir." And at that moment, the man down the hall starts firing at them, and big chase scene ensues, and uh, and this is this is the killer. Um, yeah, they've stumbled this, upon the right spot. This chase scene has just some of the best direction. It's great. Best like cinematography. Yeah, for like a chase scene, it's so like iconic. It's it's one of these things where it's low key if you're going to if you're going to do a clip show in the Oscars about, you know, yeah, action or chases or like mystery, like they're always going to use clips from 7 cuz it looks fantastic. Yes. There's like a shot where John Doe like hurdles over um like a balcony and it just shows a silhouette lots of silhouette of yeah. of John Doe just looks like um you know kind of like the ninja turtles would be when they went out in public at night yeah like the trench coats and the fedoras yeah and you'd only see their their outline and their silhouette and it's, so that's it, like all it, you saw of John Doe and it goes through the apartment complex right so so he's you know he's trying he, he and obviously Mills, the younger one, is is right hot on his tail, and Somerset is kind of cleaning up behind him. Yeah. So he's like, you know, he's you know, people are peeking out of their doors, and he tells this one lady, "Hey, go back inside." And lo- we, first of all, he's like, "Which way to go?" She points. And he goes, "Go back inside, and lock the door." And uh, it's all these little touches through this thing, and then Mills, you know, runs through an apartment that where the door's been left open. All these kids in this apartment, and they're like pointing at their bathroom they're like he went through there and there's the the window in the bathroom that's open and the air is coming through and you you see the flutter of the uh of the um uh, curtains over the window and as he peeks out the window he starts shooting at him anyway long story long long chase scene short uh john doe uh ambushes ambushes Mills. mills in a in a dump truck and that's another just iconic shot of like John Doe has the gun to Mills's head. John Doe which, has the upper hand, which he just like smashed in, and so Mills's vision is all blurry, and you just see this like out of focus silhouette with like the gun in the foreground in focus. Yeah, and it's just so menacing and such a great communication of just being utterly helpless. Yeah, you you've got you get you get got. Yeah. And uh and so but he chooses to he chooses to leave. He chooses to spare Brad Pitt's life. And uh so then we get to I'd say phew, probably the most uh disturbing Yeah, this is the most disturbing one. This is the one I think of like when I was like on the fence of like, well, yeah, it's it could be horror because of the lust murder. And it shocked me like it shows nothing. Like, it yeah, it barely shows anything. Yeah, it's great. And even, like, what it does show you is not clear. It, like, shows, like, a Polaroid of this, you know, penis sh- cod piece. It's like sheath. A, it's like a cod piece with a knife on the mm-hmm. end. A big, long knife on it's the It's not, end. like, super big in the frame. It's not, like, really in focus. It's, like, this kind of shitty Polaroid taking up a very small amount of the frame yeah and you just fill it in with your mind oh, and also when they they look at the crime scene that show nothing like it's the one crime scene where they literally show no part of the body of the victim thank 
God. If this is... Oh, man. Can you imagine if Rob Zombie remade this? Oh, my God. You want a horror movie to end all horror movies. Although, you know, I was talking to Jason, one of our patrons today, I guess, and... And uh, and he was saying, you know, Rob Zombie just seems to think gore is horror. And he's got a point. There's nothing like this is the other side of, right. of this argument, which is like some movies are just gory and they're not scary at all. Right. And that's kind of also the opposite. It's like, oh, this is just gore porn. It's not really horror. It's not scary. It's just nasty gross. Yeah. Anyway. So. Yeah, so that scene, what really sells that murder is the the guy that's forced to oh, that guy. murder the lady. Holy cow, that guy, that's the performance of the movie. Yeah, he reminds, that his, that performance where he's like, she, they, he took me and he put a gun to my head and he told me to, he put this thing on me and he told me to fuck her and so I did. And it's like, oh my God, you just like. Oh my God, this poor man, like this guy is going to be fucked forever. Um, And he's just forced against his will to murder a girl with a knife dick, a knife dick, knife dick. And, uh, and his performance in this reminds me a lot of the Cyberdyne dude in Terminator 2 who has the, the depressor. Uh, whereas, you know, he's like, it's a very visceral, right. uh, performance, uh, performance yeah. where, where they're, the actor sells it so well, sells that moment of like, that's probably the greatest moment of acting in the movie until the ending with Brad Pitt. What's in the box? Yeah. While, while Brad Pitt's holding the gun, like debating in and his mind crying. whether whether to shoot him like that is intense. Yeah. Um, like, as you can see, just the back and forth that's going on in his head. Oh, and you're there right there with him. Yeah. So let's get there. So um, so um, Kevin Spacey turns himself in mm-hmm. for some reason. We have no idea why. Detective! Yeah, detective. He yells in. The, he walks into the police station, yells at the detective, gives himself up and says... I will co- cooperate fully to his lawyer. Mm-hmm. The lawyer. <laughs> this is the other thing that I thought about was like, he turns himself in and immediately says, I want to talk to my lawyer to which Mills goes, fuck. And if you're to talk to any detective or police, literally that's probably what they'd yell. Because if you watch any like true crime stories, the one thing that's common about criminals that get caught and convicted is that they don't shut up in interrogation and uh, they don't ask for a lawyer. Wow. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm no, I can totally convince them. Like I, I got this. I'll just, I'll just lie. It's yeah. easy. Just lie about stuff. Like I, I have nothing to worry about. Why would I go, call a lawyer? That just makes me look I have guilty. To keep my story straight. If I you, have to go to a professional. If you look at any like true crime or any like Dateline show, if they, if the victim or if the um, suspect ask for a lawyer and doesn't talk like the police are like well fuck i guess there's nothing we can do <laughs> i guess that one's just unsolved wow because like it's amazing it just puts how a much massive it, roadblock in the how much thing. it depends on like self-incrimination 
anyway, so he talks to his lawyer, and miraculously, the lawyer's like, look, he'll cooperate fully, and he says he's got two more bodies out there. So mm. if you want to find him, he wants Mills and Somerset to drive him to a location out in the middle of the California desert, far, far away from here, and uh, and then, you know, and then he'll show you where the bodies are. So, of course, they do that. They drive him all the way out in the desert. And then their way. The best part is is the drive there because the mm-hmm. whole way there, they're like, you. Fu-. Well, Mills is like, you fucking idiot. You're so stupid. You think you're so great. But in reality, it's, uh, you, you know. Well, it's a, yeah, that's such a great scene because it's it gives John Doe the opportunity to, like, give his thesis a, right. a statement or like his his dissertation about what he's doing and what his work is and what it means for society and how he's going to be remembered and how important it is. And Mills is the only one really talking to him and just like doing the, the counterpoint of like, you're full of shit. You're a, you're a crazy person. What's it like to be crazy? What is it like? Can you tell me? Yeah. And it's just very dismissive and of like, yeah, all that stuff. And the whole time you see Somerset like just real uneasy about how this is going because he knows that John Doe is very, very smart. Very smart yeah. And like it, this is obviously a game. Right. And this is obviously a play in his game. And how Mills is like giving in and engaging with him yeah. so freely, it's not. It's upsetting. It's not right. He right. he can in, intuit that it's dangerous. Right. And it's like very foreshadowing of what's to come next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a great drive uh, because – and, you know, Kevin Spacey, I mean, this is, this is Hannibal Lecter level performance. I mean, it's just – it's such an iconically evil uh, role and he sells it so perfectly – uh, I think I was talking to Dustin today, and he was like, "Oh, you mean the the movie where Kevin Spacey shows his true colors?" That's <laughs> <laughs> what my wife said. It's like, well, no wonder Kevin Spacey can play villains. He's a natural predator. All right. Well, see, I I, I take issue with Kevin Spacey. I do too. Because I feel like he's one that like got caught up, and it's like nothing was ever proven. Yeah. There's a lot of hearsay and conjecture going on. Yeah, nothing like he definitely wasn't convicted. Like everything was dropped. It was all the court of public opinion and no nothing else. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of maybe and I really like Kevin Spacey as an actor, so I I'm bummed. I am too. I I got to tell you he's one of the best ones we ever had. And um he'll be back. He'll be What's back. going to happen is he's going to direct his own thing. Oh, going to go fully Woody Allen. Huh? He's going to... I mean, that's what, like, Mel Gibson did. And Woody Allen. And Woody Allen. <laughs> what are you saying about Woody Allen? Woody Allen was the original Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, they get out into the middle of the uh, desert, and a delivery truck uh, approaches. Everybody freaks out because they're like, what the fuck is in that box? And, uh, and, and um, you know... Uh, Somerset sends the delivery driver running. He's like, get out of here. You get out of here. You go on get. And he, and he, he runs off and, uh, he'll be picked up by the, uh, the police. But, uh, but 
then he opened. He's he kind of debates about it a little bit. He's like, "Is this a fucking bomb? Is he gonna blow yeah, us up?" Yeah, because yeah, Somerset is like kind of looking back and forth because he knows that this is the moment. This is like, and it's re- this is this is the reveal. It's an interesting choice because okay, first of all, Somerset runs out to intercept, mm-hmm. and then he's a good ways away. Like he's well away from them, and you can tell that there's. An internal dialogue happening with him where it's like, everybody thinks, is this a bomb? What's in the box? Mm-hmm. Probably a bomb. It's probably a bomb. Yeah. And uh, and Somerset does the math and and he opens it, which means he's kind of like basically sacrificing yeah. if himself. If it is a bomb, it's going to only take out me. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but, but it sets it up so well. It's because he's far away from uh, Mills and and Kevin Spacey, John Doe, and, uh, and he opens it up and it. You know, it's never shown another another uh-huh. part of just expert. But, you know, right, you know, Im- immediately as as he opens it up, it's uh, it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head. It's uh, Mills's wife's head. And now John Doe's giving this speech about how, oh, David, I envied you so much. You know, I just I just envied your normal life and your wife. And I tried to make it work with her earlier today, but. Just didn't work out, so I guess the sin I committed was uh, envy, <laughs> a blank murder. <laughs> Seven deadly sins, one of which is murder <laughs> and murder. Um, yeah, so he's. I guess I'm. I'm guilty of envy, and he's like, "Go ahead, David, what, become wrath." And David's like. What's in the box? What's in the box? This is like the most iconic end to any yeah. movie ever. And uh, my nips are getting hard. And, um, <laughs> and uh, of course, the, and th- this is really where Brad Pitt earns his, earns his keep in this movie because you can, oh, oh, and on top of it all, he says, they've been trying to get pregnant. And, and John Doe says, I had to murder your wife. And the unborn baby inside her. And now Brad Pitt's just like, yeah. whoa. Because he didn't know. This makes me, this makes me cry with rage. Like, yeah. I, this is so, uh, it's so full yeah. of. And that is like the moment where it turns from just pure evil to literally Satan. Yeah. When, when Kevin Spacey goes, oh, he didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know that he was going to be a dad. It's like. This is. I feel like even if you were like the most depraved serial killer, if you found out that like, oh no, he didn't know there was a the baby. Like, oh well, now I feel bad. (laughs) I can't. Just a run of the mill serial killer would be like, oh wow, what a social faux pas I just made. I really should have cleared that back. I'm sorry. Uh. Let's just focus on the fact that I killed your wife. I mean, let's not talk about the baby. No, yeah. but but John Doe he leaned into it. It's so it's so fucked up, and um, and you can really see, oh man, you and in this moment in the movie you are there. You know you're making yeah. that decision. You're going, could, would I do it? Would I would I spare him? And it's so it's so good that he that that the movie ended with him killing shooting him and becoming wrath mm-hmm. because 
I, th- I think about this all the time. When I think about this movie, I'm like, what if he hadn't done it? Because that's a, another very legitimate way that this movie could have gone. And the movie would have suffered tremendously because of it, I think. But it, it, I've seen movies that blow their load wrong like this. I mean, it, it would have been just another, it would be a different moral to the story, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, with the ending that it has, it just equals, well, this is hopeless. Right. Like, literally, this is not something to control or can combat. You are a victim right. to the world. And uh, if he had chosen to not murder him and just say, no, you don't win. Like, I know what you're doing. You don't win. I'm going to put you through the justice system, you know, and do it right. That would have said... Something, at the very least, slightly more uplifting. I think it it's think, still would still be super unsatisfying. I think it wouldn't have been satisfying at all. I, I mean, this is a very satisfying ending to me. It's it's well, satisfying in that it's ultimately tragic. Right? Yeah. I guess I guess the tragedy is really is really what I what I want. Um. Yeah. I mean, it definitely ties it up in a bow. Like that's. The, a, a very logical, like, the ties up the thesis of the movie, which it, you know, states pretty explicitly throughout, which is, yeah. like, the world is an awful place. I mean, the Somerset's last line of dialogue is yeah. that, um, you know, the, the world is a good place and worth fighting for or something right. like that. And he says, yeah. I agree with the second part. Yeah, the world is worth fighting for. Yeah. Yeah, but not that it's a good place. Yeah, it's... It's like an ultimate, like... This is described as a neo-noir movie. Like, it's very much like film noir in that it's completely bittersweet and dark. Yeah. And that's the end. That's, yeah. like, the the feeling it gives you at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a real rough ending, and I love it for it. Um, it's it's dark and, and desperate and hopeless, and again, it's great. Uh, just great. Just great. Um, so with that, who do you think, who would you recommend this movie to? You did great. You did great. You did great. Um, I mean, this is ev- absolutely everyone and their mom should see this movie. Like, this is, I mean, I can't, to say that there would be someone that would dislike this movie, that's kind of the point. Yeah, it's going to be an un- unpleasant experience for anyone, but they should definitely go through it. Yeah, I think there's a little asterisk there, which is if you're squeamish uh, with imagery or or suggestive themes, this is going to be very rough. And for also, you. why are you listening to a horror movie podcast? See the next question. Well, a lot of people do listen to it because they uh, they get to pick and choose, you know, their their poison. You know? Sure. Yeah. Anyway. So with that, let's get into, that was our review of the very obviously a horror movie, Seven. Oh, hey ho, I call it. Mystery. It's <laughs> let's get into horror movie talk, whores. Whores. Whore. Whore. Horse whore. Whore whores. Whore. 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 Whore.
It just goes on like that. Um, so um, let's see here. Uh, here is the first voicemail that I got this week was from our girl in Cleveland, Ceno Evil. Here we go. Hey, this is Ceno Evil. Thanks for playing my voicemail. It made me feel all warm and fuzzy. Um, I have a question for you guys and your listeners. So what makes a good horror movie? For me, it's a movie that plays on my irrational fears and alters my behavior. For instance, arachnophobia, I was already terrified of spiders. Watching the movie just magnified that. And Jaws, actually back in the 70s when it first came out, it destroyed tourism for a lot of beachfront cities and, and killed their revenue. And I just think it's fascinating how a movie can potentially, potentially change the way that we live. Oh, by the way, the review of House, very nice. And it, it, it just goes to prove that you shouldn't open doors that you can't close. Ooh. Take care, guys. Thank you very much, See No Evil. Uh, so let's see here. Her question was, uh, what makes a good horror movie for you? Um, and then she lists arachnophobia and Jaws, both very monster-focused. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll never look at turkeys again the same way after <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, no, I think for me it's... Um, just that feeling of of like suspense of just like being tense yeah. for an extended amount of time yeah. where you're just like Jesus Christ what's behind that door I love that like just that utter like anxiety of like I know what I'm doing here is watching a horror movie yeah but my body is telling me to get the fuck out get the fuck out of the house yeah, that's very much it for me as well. Um, Hereditary is the most recent uh, instance of like truly me not being able to like. I was laughing the whole way through that movie because I was just f- so nervous. Yeah, I-, I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this is fucking happening." I think I think now that I think of it, it's a mixture between like the suspense and like the anxiety, and then switching over to absolute helplessness yeah like there's no hope like that's what the exorcist is for me to where it's like first you know three-fourths of the movie is just like what the fuck is happening like why is this yeah stuff happening and it just makes you really tense and ramps up to the point where when it flips the switch it's like oh shit this is these are powers that we are not um, equipped to handle at all. Like, right. Yeah. Being c- completely and, and ultimately outclassed right. by an existentially in- incredible thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, that's, so yeah, that's like the, all the movies that come to hit kind of like John, my head. kind of like John Doe just totally outclassed yeah very hor- horrifying so like exorcist hereditary paranormal paranormal activity those are all yeah. that like 
there's lots of mystery or suspense and then it flips over to like okay we're in too deep now yeah um hey could you bring up the new numbers voicemail because i have the old numbers voicemail here and i got a couple more but i want to make sure that that you... uh yeah it's 682-253-4468 that's the number you can call but can you also bring it up on your computer so that we can play some of the voicemails on it oh is that not i thought that was from no this is from the old number because i do have some holdovers you know in the that made it on to the old number in the interim people have been calling the old number still because they've been listening to us say the old number. i heard that Oh, okay. Like I, I recognize that one. Oh, well, um, maybe she, maybe maybe. she did it on this maybe one too. Here is, uh, here is our patron, Jason. He's got a question for us. Let's see here. Hey, it's your buddy Jason here. Question for you. You got Nev Campbell. You got Jennifer Tilly and Samara Weaving. You got to fuck one, kill one, marry one. Go. Love to hear your answers. <laughs> Okay, so Jennifer Tilly is, she's the girl from, like, Bride of Chucky. Um, she got some, she got some nice old state droopers. Um, and then you got Samara Weaving. She's she's from Ready or Not. She's like, in my opinion, she's got she's the next Scream Queen because she has got a set of lungs on her. And then you got Nev Campbell. Uh, obviously from Scream and, you know, you know who Nev Campbell is. So, and you got a F, Mary kill. So I think I'm going to marry, ooh, I think I'm going to marry Tilly. I think I'm going to marry Jennifer Tilly. And I think I'm going to F, Samara Weaving and kill Nev Campbell. Yeah. I think that's how I'm going to do it. How what, do you have any uh, any opinions on uh, this? You got Samara Weaving, Jennifer Tilly, <clears throat> and uh, and Nev Campbell. F Mary Kill. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would do. I would marry Samara Weaving. Okay. Why? Um, she she seems like marriage material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I just seems like a real nice young lady. Yeah, and um, I would fuck Jennifer Tilly. Oh yeah, just like we're both killing Campbell, big titty goth oh, bitch. Man, I love her. Uh, and kill Nev Campbell. Yeah, because wow. I feel like she I didn't would expect that. I feel like that would be just the worst experience, either being married to her or or fucking her, because she. She would really not enjoy it. No, she'd hate it all the yeah. way through. She'd yeah, like, oh, sure. God damn it. God damn it. Which, I mean, some days I'd, I'd probably like. Okay. That'd probably be a feature. Jesus Christ, a horror movie being married to you. Um, here is, uh, here's Jason again with another call. Jason again. Uh, this one's for Bryce. Uh, I would like a favor done if it, if it is ever possible. Try to convince David to play a horror game. And then upload it to YouTube and see how long he lasts. I don't. Uh, I don't like that. I'm very bad at playing horror games because I just scream and stand up and walk away from from the game as it uh, you know as it unfolds. I it's too. I'm too invested in it. I'm too there. Like I, I just get. I just get. I just get way too tense. Yeah, it's um. It's like a it's, springs loaded inside me. I'm gonna say it's on the docket. Like yeah. it's it's going to happen. That exact thing. 
because we put a vote to the patrons of like hey out of these bonus pieces of content that we would possibly do which would be the most interesting and 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 uh the horror live horror game live streaming would was, was number two was one of the big ones in this one uh in this number see no evil has two calls she doesn't want the first one played they should have come in today um so she just wants that second one played okay Hi, this is See No Evil in Cleveland. Hi, Bryce. Hi, Dave. Hi, everybody. Um, thanks for the review of Sinister. You know, I'm not even going to bother because I don't like dark movies anyway. So, that being said, I'm thinking about movies, horror movies that I would like to binge watch. Okay, so... One of the movies I would like to binge watch is The Omen, all three of them, right in a row. Uh, the second one would be Final Destination. I think there's five of those. And then the last one would be The Blade movies. I think there's three of those. Oh, that's I good love choice. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. He is so awesome. He can bite <laughs> me anywhere, anytime. <laughs> Especially on my tickle bitties. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. Uh, Thank you, Sino Evil. Have a great day. Take care. Peace out. You too, lady. Yeah, thanks to Sino Evil. Um, yeah, what's what's a series you'd you'd like to binge? I mean, <sighs> Jaws, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever watch Jaws two or three. I don't know. I mean, I'm not like. I'm not married to any series. Like I feel like a paranormal activity. I would love to binge. I feel like any series after two or three, it's just like just don't. I'd love to binge paranormal activity. To be honest with you, I kind of have a weird fantasy about binging Tremors that I th- will never live out because I just couldn't last. What is there? Is there like nine? Now? There's six, six or seven. Oh yeah, yeah. They're coming out with a new one. Yeah, they're coming out with a seventh. I think. I think it's a seven. S- um. Yeah, I don't think of any series necessarily that I would binge. I mean, uh, Poltergeist is actually would be an interesting series yeah, to binge. Yeah, I'd like to do The Exorcist just because I have never seen two or three. <laughs> yeah. Two is, from all accounts, like a complete shit show. Like, it's a total non sequitur. And then three is, like, actually a really yeah. good and then, um Yeah, and then let's see here. The... Um Oh. The Blair Witch <laughs> movies. <laughs> the oh oh, what's the what's that one? Um, LLC Hell House LLC. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think there's two or three of those. I wouldn't mind. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing that because that's a you know what you know what would be a good one. Um, Child's Play. I bet would be a, a great oh one. man. That yeah, one's... scrap everything else. Child's Play is the one I want to bench because yeah. everyone is fucking crazy. Yeah, and awesome. I mean, I've only watched a couple, but like that's definitely one where I feel good about Puppet Master. Yeah, Puppet Master. Oh, I think I still have it. Up yeah, there. I think you have eleven Puppet Master movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good question. You got any more? Any more in there? Yeah. So we got a couple. Um. Again, that. Oh, here we go. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Manny. I'm calling from Washington. I talked to one of you guys recently on Instagram. It was me. And I just wanted to say I really love your fucking content. You guys fucking make me laugh. I just finished your Sinister, and towards the end, I started fucking laughing my ass off. And my, 
Oh my God, Dan, you guys are funny. I really love the creativity of your guys' show that, you know, you guys do your reviews and the spoilers and then some fun games and shit. Like, I just like that shit. It's like not, you know, I like all everything about your channel. And I really hope you guys do grow in the future. And I'm, I'm, I am planning to buy some merch and try to become a Patreon. I really want to, you know, support you guys more because you guys are like some good guys. Like, you guys deserve hella good I like shit. This and my, uh -huh. I love that I got horror guys like you in my area. And it'd be cool to meet you guys mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. watch mm -hmm. a horror movie because I would just, that would be the best. But I hope you guys have a good day and see you guys next time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have to return some videotapes. Man, thank you, Manny. I appreciate you so much, buddy. And and listen, call back anytime. Yeah, any old time. We are great. I agree. Be like Manny. It's. It, I don't know about you. Is like, Manny? Yeah, Manny. Yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, I talked to him on Instagram. He's yeah. He's from Vancouver. He's like, I'm local. Dad, goddamn. Um, this is like the second like Vancouverite that I can confirm. Second or third is like a big fan um yeah thanks manny uh for the kind words keep we don't know how to we don't know how to accept those very well so just see there's the thing like i normally like my normal mode is self-hate mm -hmm, yeah and just absolute just oh, like yeah. disgust at right me and everything that i touch right gross and so to hear people talk about like Oh, what you're doing is great. Like, I really love, just like, flies right by me. funny stuff. Like, you guys are hilarious. Like, I'm just like, I uh -huh. really love, the, uh -huh. just don't stop. I'm like, uh, uh. I know. Like, please stop. Don't notice me. Like, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> please don't notice me. Literally. It's like, I know. It's don't. such a weird dichotomy because I'm like, simultaneous, I'm like, I really hope. I hope horror movie talk takes <laughs> off. And then, and then on the other hand, I'm like, I am exhausted. People apparently like this show, and that means I have to talk to tons of awesome people. But I don't have the energy, like, yeah, because it's a weird energy. It's like I like what you do. Yeah, thank you. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> yeah, like I, you know, I, I was a vocal performance major, and a lot of that was like totally antithetical to my personality. Yeah. To where it's like. People coming up to you and say, oh, you did a great job. I'm just like, uh, please. <sighs> I know I didn't. Thanks. Yeah. Every, like, I just not every really knowing what to say. I receive sounds like it's from my mom. Yeah. And feels like it's from my yeah. mom. It's like, thanks, mom. Anyways. Thanks, man. I don't know what to do with my hands. All right. Here we go. Much love, horror movie talk, HMT, BND, Bryce and David. It's our it's boy. It's boy, Bugsy, calling in from Tampa. I really enjoyed making the horror movie talk anthem, the song, the single, the new hit. It was a lot of fun recording it at Executive Studios in Clearwater, mixed and mastered by my golden engineer, Saint Golden Pony Boy, James Wood. Anyways, you know, I put, I mentioned uh, the Green River Killer in the song, and my mom messages me out of nowhere saying that, uh, what do you know about the Green River Killer? I'm like, what do you know about the Green River Killer? Apparently one of her friends or something as a kid was murdered by a serial killer. My mom was almost killed as well. There's a lot of reasons why I shouldn't be alive. Uh, <laughs> good times. But uh, anyways, much love, horror movie talk. I really hope you guys enjoy the record. I'm so excited. I'm so stoked and so pumped. It's going to be Slayer. It's going to be Killer. You hear it on the podcast next week. Much love, B&D. That sounds like a fucking, like, uh, like Baskin Robbins or something. Anyways, stay spooky. It's about to be fall. So excited for Cocktober. I'm at Octoberfest. Let's get it. It's your boy, Bugsy. 
What's up, Dad? Dude, Bugsy, you're my boy. I like listen, listen. I'm gonna and we're gonna play we're gonna play that HMT anthem uh, on again. the on the yeah. outro. So stick around if you want to hear it again. Yeah, Bugsy is he's the kind he's of great. fan everybody should want. Bugsy is like an onion. Like every layer you pull off is just more fascinating than it's, the last. It's incredible. He hated platform. He's like, what should I watch? And I'm like, you should watch the platform on Netflix because it's on Netflix and it's easy to watch and it's a great movie. He's like, this fucking blows. Yeah. Nobody got eviscerated in this. And I was like, no. oh, okay. No, I was, but also his personal oh, history. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Is like, he... He even talks like a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> he like talks about how he was like targeted by a drug dealer and kidnapped. Uh huh. And they had to go in witness protection. What program. you've never been? <sighs> That's just his life. That's just his life. That's the life of Bugsy. Dude, Bugsy's the best. Did you ever find Bugs Bunny attractive when he'd put on a dress and play a girl bunny? <laughs> No. No. <laughs> no. Neither did I. I was, I was just asking. No. Um, this is another good one. Another caller. Oh, hey. It's Jackal from Kansas. Mm. I left you a message and didn't leave any of my info. Love you again. Okay, so Fair this, this sorry, this is the actual message that this is coming from Jackal from Kansas. This was the first message you left. Okay. Hey, what's good, my bubbies? I uh, I just got my stickers in, along with a very very cool postcard of a a sweet sweet lamb. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the personal message in it, and uh, I wish you the best. Love you guys. <laughs> thanks, Jackal. Yeah, man, uh, he's he's got a very specific affect that he uses. First of all, I love his voice. Mm -hmm. He's got a very made-for-radio voice. Uh, but then also, like um, when I when I talk to him over text, I can tell I could I knew that was him just by listening to him talk because uh -huh. it's the same affect he uses in his in his text speech. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, and he's he's I think he said he's out of Kansas. Yep. And he's a patron. So yep. thank you very much, Jackal. We appreciate you, buddy. Uh here's one for oh, and anybody who signs up to be a patron gets a gets a thank you card of some little beautiful like lamb or baby llama or like a baby elephant or something like that. I have a bunch of baby animal cards that yeah. I send as thank you messages with some and we put them put some HMT stickers in. Yeah, there. they're horror cards. It's like right. Seven is a horror movie. Right. Um Here's one from Carson. Hey, guys, it's Carson uh, calling from way down south in Lafayette, Louisiana. I just wanted to tell you guys thank you. Like I've done a thousand times, I love your guys' podcast. love what y'all do. Y'all really help me throughout the day. And uh, there I said, I think you guys are way above and beyond the Dead Meat Podcast. Um, so my question for you guys is, can I send you guys some fan mail? Like, like y'all know, I do art, and I had some pretty good ideas for both of you that I uh, wanted to send you, like, another type of thank you uh, from me. So thank you guys. Keep up the good work. Dude, I, I love Carson. She, yeah, Carson's she, great. She, she, another uh, victim of my misgendering, by the way. Dude, it's... <laughs> You would not be an HMT fan that talked to us if we didn't 
misgender you right. immediately. I could misgender a guy named Bob. You're right. I'd just be like, what's up, you sexy lady? I mean, and be like, excuse me, I'm a married 50-year-old man. I'd be like, okay. In my defense. I'm into that, first of The all. two people that I misgendered were named Carson. Oh, both of them. And the other one was Gabriel. Mm. Gabriel, Gabriel, Gabe. It's Gabriel. That's yeah, hard. Who knows? Like Peter Gabriel. And that's like a... That's a last name. <laughs> yeah. No. Hey, I was clarified from Gabriel specifically that she was named after Peter Gabriel. Oh, wow. So that's how you say it. Gabriel, Peter Gabriel. And that... Okay. Uh, I mean, I might be naive, but I feel like that's a historically male name. Hey, I I welcome all art. And uh, and I don't I don't condone this misgendering. Although I totally understand it because I can't. I don't see. I, I don't, don't see. I don't sex. see titties. <laughs> exactly. It's all up above the neck neck level. Uh huh. Yeah, and she's she's a patron too. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for supporting us, Carson. Yeah. We sure, sure do appreciate it. Okay, we got a couple more from Bugsy, but I think this is the only one that we really need to play. Whoa. Ass and titties, ass and titties, ass and titties, and big booty bitches. Ass and titties, ass and titties, ass and titties, and big booty bitches. Ass and titties, ass and titties, ass and titties, and big booty bitches. Ass and titties, ass and titties, ass and titties, and big booty bitches. So like my whole life. I want to say I've been more of an ass man, but as I get older, you know, tits, tits are growing on me. They're growing on them. They're showing on them. They're growing on me. For one, you don't have to wipe your tits unless you're lactating when you're prego, preggers, you know, pregnant. I mean, girls, you know, they be flopping their little doo-doo makers all over the Internet. You know, you see ass every single fucking Instagram post. It's ass and titties, ass and titties. I'm just thinking, one of these girls has to be on their period. They have to be shaking that Kotex string. If there's five girls all shaking their ass in one video, one of them has to have a youth infection. One of them has to be on the period. Do these girls ever take a shit? Like, I personally shit at least two, maybe three hundred times a day. So I know, like, I've had to take a shit where it breaks off, and there's no amount of wiping it that could possibly get the shit out of my ass. So I have to jump in the fucking shower, and I'm going to trickle down the drain and burn the whole tub with bleach and whatever, sephoric acid, whatever the fuck Walter White uses on Breaking Bad. So I know at least one of these Instagram hoes, they have diarrhea, they're fucking drinking Pepto-Bismol, they're shooting laxatives directly into their booty vein. I mean, come the fuck on. But anyways, ass and titties, ass and titties, ass and titties. We- it's St. Booty Bitches. Much love, horror movie talk. It's your boy, Bugsy Seagull. We do ask that you keep your messages to one minute in length. Thank you very much. Oh, well, you know. Wiser words were never said. I mean, I guess I'm a pretty sick guy. What about the past? Our past. We never really shared one. No, I'm in, I'm in touch with humanity. Bugsy's in touch with his humanity. All right, so um, uh, that was a quite a manic episode. I mean, like I said, I, th- I feel like Bugsy lives in a manic episode. He's a complicated man. Yeah, uh, but fantastic artist. Oh my god! Well, I'm, they're all aren't they all? You know, they're I think they're every torn between every voicemail is a piece of art. Yeah, to me. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. So th- you said there were... 
We don't have to listen to them, but you said there, there were was more. A, there was at least one more, but I feel like we gave Bugsy his time in the sun with oh. voicemails. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, What's up, guy? It's Bugsy. Uh, so with that, thank you so much for calling into the show at the number 682-253-4468. We sure do appreciate you. Let us know if you got any questions or want to start an argument or want to tell us how great we are or maybe that we're totally wrong about one of our opinions that's mm-hmm. you know probably well founded yeah. expect a lot of people to be calling in and backing me up on seven not being a horror movie maybe with that thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of horror movie talk it's your boy david and your boy bryce and your other boy <laughs> bugsy um, so make sure to share this episode with a friend if you had a good time with it. Also rate us on Apple Podcasts because that's a great way to help us grow. And if you want like to support the show, you know how to do it. You can head on over to HorrorMovieTalk.com. Uh, you can click through the link at the top of the site to become a patron. Or you could buy stuff on Amazon through the link at the top of the site. This is buy stuff on Amazon. Or you can shop our merch. Uh, special thanks to our boy, Bugsy Siegel. Bugsy Siegel. And with that, you guys have a great week. We love you very much. Bye-bye. Play us out, Bugsy. Looking for a podcast full of burps and gas, perverted cast, skinny and fat? Look no further. Horror movie talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pop done, gave Bryce flatulence. Drain addict, addict Dave does it give a shit one through ten is it horrible or excellent oil me up daddy is dinner rum soup kiss bryce hansen look at them hot kids chris henson masturbate with a crucifix exorcist face huggers chest bursters alien linda blair peed on sigourney weaver i know it's true because it came from social media Patrick Bateman can't understand you. Stab you to death for rotten apple reviews. Opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spookology doctor of philosophy. Bad gastritis, knee colostomy. Turn Patreons into human centipedes. David Doobie Day, scare no no expert. A global fucks hard, professional sex expert. After pods, taglines, and porno flicks. American Psycho, them guys pretty sick. Chopper, chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pop done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rumps. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle. Machines tickle bitties. Killer on the phone. Ain't no sharing stone. 
Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, and Oregon's Corona, COVID, Curse, Lorona, Green River Killer, because reasons, hallway of poop monster kids screaming. Ain't your ordinary dingleberry itinerary, 30 day shutter and jump scares, they fucking scary. Time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes. Use their white socks to catch their loads. To show them one titty, pretty. Paganism, you should worship. They Teflon dicks. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty ass, stay spooky. Poor man's digress. Bugsy. HMT. Horror movie talk. Hold on, they don't like Halloween. Fuck them. Why not just fuck that hooker with a knife strap on? Hedonism. Bice Incorporated. If it feel good. <laughs> we're we're going to do it that If it feel good, do it. <laughs> can you give me a, can you give me devil voice on do it? But it doesn't have to be like in time. I can cut it up. <laughs> Hedonism, Bice Incorporated. If it feel good, 